Hello, podcasters. It's Friday. Thank God. Patrick Byrne is in the news today. The real reason behind the Puppet Master show that I did, I think, is being enacted right now by Patrick Byrne, the CEO of Overstock, who just had to quit because he's involved in a conspiracy. But is it? Also, Bill O'Reilly, a great hour with Bill O'Reilly. And in San Francisco, the last thing you want to do is offend convicted murderers or rapists. The economy, what words we can use, and Barack Obama's beautiful new estate. All on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Patriot Mobile. Okay. Here we are talking about how people are using your money, using you, using you, your product, you as a product, uh, and none of us like it. Well, what about Patriot Mobile? Have you thought about your phone companies? Because your phone companies, AT&T, they, they're giving money hand over fist to Planned Parenthood. These, these phone companies are working against the things you believe. And so every time you use your phone, you're actually helping fund the fight for abortion. It's nuts. Now, you could say, well, I'm not going to use those. And then what are you going to do? Of course you're going to use them because it's good service, right? So you need something that has great service, has a great price, will save you money, and will make it flawless and seamless to switch over. That is Patriot Mobile. They don't give their money to uh, left-wing causes. These guys are patriots that believe in the Constitution. They have already supported with $2 million free speech just from starting this very small. They take some of their profits and they turn it in to, you know, Second Amendment, pro-life, etc., etc. You're going to get the same great service. You're going to save money. And this company actually is on your side. Please switch right now. PatriotMobile.com. Use the promo code Beck. You'll get a free month of service when you switch over. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com. Promo code Beck. After two decades as the chief executive of the online retailer Overstock.com, Patrick Byrne has resigned. I want you to listen to... uh, Uh, What he said yesterday, because he was everywhere. He says he is telling this story on advice from Warren Buffett. He came out recently uh, on Fox, oh, I don't know, about three months ago. We talked about it and uh, and went in great detail on what this story was. We told you about his relationship with a so-called spy who is not a spy was not convicted of being a spy. Uh, in fact, the judge threw that out. Now, here's Patrick Byrne talking about the fishy orders he got from men in black. Listen to this. In 2015, 2016, they got back in touch with me to, for the third time. And it was, uh, I was given some fishy orders. And I carried them out thinking I, in 2015, 2016, thinking I was conducting law enforcement. Let me emphasize, don't say the FBI. The FBI is barely involved in this. It's all the top. Uh, the, the men in black, as I called them, showed up and asked for this third favor. And I, and, well, anyway, I'm not going to go into the details right now. But 
Uh, I didn't know who sent the orders, but I did them. They seemed fishy last summer watching television. And here's the punchline. Here's the punchline, people. Last summer watching television and some congressional hearings, I figured out where those orders came from. They came from a guy named Peter Strzok. And Bill Freestaff, Carlin, McCabe, Comey. That was who sent the orders. Uh, and well, you're naming a bunch of FBI people there. Well, the, the Peter Strzok, and it has been confirmed to me that my instructions came from Peter Strzok, that the people who carried me orders were coming and okay. taking it on behalf. That's been so, confirmed. That is stunning. Now, what he's talking about was he had a relationship with this, this woman. Actually, he just met her at a, at a libertarian uh, kind of uh, con- convention in Las Vegas. Happens Freedom Fest. Happens every, every summer. I just spoke there. He spoke last year when he was finished speaking, or in 2016, uh, 2015, 2016, when he finished speaking there, um, the the Russian woman, remember her? She was with the FBI. What was her name? Butina. Butina. She, Maria Butina. Something like that. She, so she is, she's everywhere. And she's, you know, posting all these pictures. She's a big gun advocate. She's from Russia, blah, blah, blah. She approach, approaches Patrick and she says, listen, darling, I am from Russia. And, uh, and my name is not Natasha, but I'd like you to meet Boris. And he feels a little weird about it. Now, he has a national security clearance. So anybody who thinks that he is just some crazy half-cocked guy, he has a national security clearance. And so Do we he, know why? No, we don't. It's interesting. Yeah, he does. Uh, he apparently does things uh, with the Council of Foreign Relations. Uh, he, mm. he is uh, he's an advisor of some sort or something like that. So we, okay. don't, we don't really know. But we do know that, you know, I don't have a national security clearance. Do you? No. No. I don't know anybody who really, well, I do know a few people who have a national security clearance, and they're all buttoned up people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So sometimes this will happen because somebody like Patrick, who travels all over the world, the government, it's not unusual for the government to say, hey, when you're over there, if you happen to see something, would you just let us know? That happens. That's probably a very good thing, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But he doesn't want to lose his national security clearance. And so he immediately calls the FBI and says, so this woman, Natasha, she said I should meet Boris. And the FBI said, now we've already looked into Natasha. She's fine. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, because she's like wants me to go over there and meet with people. Fine, Patrick, we've already checked her out. She's fine. Okay. So he, uh, you know, starts to get into a romantic relationship with her. As that's going on, she's like, listen, you really need to meet Boris and Vladimir. And not Putin, just another Vladimir. And he's like, okay, okay. okay." So he calls the FBI back and he says, now she wants to introduce me to Boris and Vladimir. Are those guys cool? Yes, (laughs) Patrick. Stop. We've already investigated her. She's fine. But that's awesome that he checked so many times. Right. Three times. Three times. Three times. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy's a hero. This guy is not. He's a good guy. He's a patriot. Right. He's doing everything that we say. How come Donald Trump didn't just call the FBI? How come Hillary Clinton didn't call Mm -hmm. the FBI? Well, because. He did. Over he and over. did. And now he's he's having to leave his own company because right. of it. So he calls the FBI a second time. Oof. They're like, Patrick, 
She's fine. Boris, Vladimir, they're fine. Go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to check. Then she says, listen, I'm having a, a council. Uh, I'm meeting at very fancy hotel uh, with Hillary Clinton's people. Uh, and uh, also um, uh, little uh, little guy from Florida, Marco Rubio, meeting with his people too. Want to come along? And he's like, uh, no, 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 I, I don't think so. So <laughs> she, she so she leaves. He calls the FBI a third time and says, "Okay, guys, she's <clears throat> now meeting at this hotel. She's come, she's going to be meeting this weekend with Hillary Clinton's people and Marco. They finally said, "Patrick, we know <laughs> it's okay. All right." So all of that stuff happens. Nobody says a word about it. It's all fine. He continues his relationship with her. Um, it goes on for a while, and then it's over. Look, I really have to. No, no, really. It's not me. It's you. <laughs> uh, and so uh, they break up, go their separate ways. Then, then the men in black come, which he now says is Peter Strzok. And hmm. so... Now his phone rings, and it's after after Trump is uh, is gotten the nomination, and so the phone rings and it's the FBI, and they're like, "Patrick, we want you to start maybe having sex with girl again." So <laughs> now, are the American agents have Russian accents? Yes, I think oh, they. Wow. I think they wow. do in this particular case, <laughs> um, and so he says, "Wait, uh, but I broke up with her. I I don't have." Well, we'd like you to rekindle that relationship again because uh, mm. some things have come up. Some things have come up. Wait a minute. You guys told me you already checked her out. You already gave her special dispensation on being here in the country. You guys told me you did all of this work. And then I spent about a year with her. She's not a spy. Well, we think she might be involved in some. She's not a spy. Uh, we think you would. We'd really like it if you like to have sex with this hot woman. We would like you to start doing that. Okay, I'll take one for the team. So then he went back with this hot woman and had more sex with him for us. Wait a minute. Story starting to break down here a little bit. But <laughs> so he goes back and he furthers this relationship. There's nothing. In fact, he is compiling evidence that she's not a spy. So then the FBI. When they get through with, you know, uh, Donald Trump becomes president, then all of a sudden they need to indict this woman as a spy. He says, I have testimony that she's not a spy. I have evidence that she's not a spy. He files it with the FBI. She goes to court. They try to make her into a spy. The FBI does not include any of his evidence. He was the main point man. That doesn't mm. involve any of his evidence. The judge says, you got nothing here. Throws it out. Well, wait a minute. She didn't register as a foreign agent. She didn't register, you know, as a foreigner that was going to be doing these things. Ugh, okay. So she gets six months in prison. And now everybody thinks she's a spy. And. Yeah, because she did go to jail. Yeah, she did go to yeah, jail for yeah. six months, uh, you know, for not registering, which she should have gone to jail for not registering. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make her a spy or a Russian agent. They used her 
to smear the right. They used her to smear the uh, NRA, and they used her as yet another example of Russia dealing with all the Trump people. Now, he has more to say, and he came out yesterday and was everywhere. And I will tell you, this is very, very reminiscent of... I'll tell you, no, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, I got advice from a very, somebody like Warren Buffett, and it's why I did The Puppet Master. Um, I'm not going to tell you who gave me this advice, but somebody like a Warren Buffett gave me this advice because we had been threatened by George Soros's people, and I've told that story before. And the advice was, Glenn, Make the biggest deal you can make out of you being number one enemy on George Soros, or you could just be hit by a truck. And you need to make sure that even if you are in a legitimate accident and you die, everyone's first ex- uh, thought is, it's George Soros had him killed. <laughs> right. He said that's the right. only way to protect yourself. Get out into the sunset, into the sunlight, and make sure everyone knows you and George Soros have locked mm-hmm. horns. That's why I did the Puppet Master. I did it not only to expose him, but also to stand in the bright light to tell everybody, hey, um, if I disappear, uh, it's him. Okay? This advice from Warren Buffett to Patrick Byrne and the way he is going on this this tear of telling everyone and he doesn't care it's CNN it's Fox it doesn't matter screams to me you better let everyone know in case you get sick all of a sudden or you're hit by a bus that people understand wait a minute there might be something else in a deep state and it's interesting to me that he is talking about, he's saying, it's not the FBI. It's not the FBI. It's just these people in the FBI. Okay, here is Patrick Byrne talking to Fox News. This was political espionage. Listen. And I finally went to see Buffett. And Buffett, my Buffett and I, Buffett's kind of my rabbi, I call him. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, Patrick, you have to come forward. And I said, you know, it's going to make some feds fur- furious at me. Their heads are going to explode. And he says, you let feds do their job. You're a citizen. You got your job. You're coming to the public. Uh, here's what it is. This was all political espionage conducted against Hillary Clinton, Rubio, Cruz, and Trump. This is not a theory of mine, some political theory. I was in the room when it happened, in a way. I mean, not in a way. I, I was part of it. Uh, I didn't know. I knew I had some of the pieces. I thought I had the pieces of something much bigger. Last summer, as stuff bubbled into the news, thanks to good journalists such as yourself, uh, I started realizing I had these very important missing pieces. Hmm. Does he sound credible or does he sound crazy? No, he definitely sounds credible. And he also thought he was just doing the right thing. And he's going forward on the advice of Warren Warren Buffett. Buffett. Which uh, I think I'd be calling Warren right now. Hey, Warren. Um, you want to just say something here? Yeah. Uh, how about you bring something up into the... Because it's not even the feds 
that are the problem for him right now. It's the reaction to what he said by his customers and probably his board of directors. It well, it's it is a problem with what he said. Um, I'm sorry, it's the way the news media twisted it last time. Yeah, okay, making so, it look like he's nuts. Yeah, made it, 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 it. Every story I read, with an exception of a handful, made him look out look like a crazy man. Oh, here's another crazy conspiracy theory from somebody on the right. No, mm-hmm. he's a libertarian. He doesn't like either side. He also said, "Did you notice there?" He also said, said it was Clinton. It was she was targeted, targeted as well, as well as the Republicans were. So they so, were just the, the the Russians are just trying to screw with the system here right they're just trying to i don't know if it's the russia i don't think it's the russians he's not saying it's the russians he's saying it is the men in black inside the justice department that are not necessarily coordinated by the justice department he's saying that there's a deep state here that's running yeah, okay like the side drugs of the world who yeah are, yeah that are deciding you know what we're not going to put up with this jeez so i mean it's it's not good uh let me give you uh one more piece. Uh, this is from uh, Patrick Byrne on CNN with Chris Cuomo. Listen to this. Their behavior was so strange. It's almost like. And by they, you're saying people in the FBI. You don't have to tell me who black. they are, but you men say that black. you know who they are. Yeah. Men in black. Mm. And and they, it was so strange that I was thinking. Stop it's for almost a second. Like Notice that like- he says men in black. That isn't that is an organization that even the police and the FBI don't know. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. That there is a a full deep state that is a side organization that is yeah. clandestine. And I don't think I don't think Fredo believed him there. Do you? Well, Fredo ends up in the pond anyway, so it's not yeah, it really doesn't, doesn't, matter. doesn't matter what Fredo thinks. Uh, we'll go back into what he was telling Fredo. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Ready for this really happy greeting that Bill always gives? Yes. What? (laughs) Bill O'Reilly. Welcome to the program. Welcome. What do you want? Why are you <laughs> How are you, Bill? I'm I'm really sad. Seth Moulton dropped out of the Democratic uh, sweepstakes. We lost we lost him before we even knew who he was. He, the congressman from Massachusetts dropped out. I mean, mm. Who's next? Stu? <laughs> I, I'm, don't tell me he's going to drop out because I'm going to be very upset. So, Bill, let me yeah. uh, let me ask you a question uh, just on this, and then we got some real meat to hit. But Bernie Sanders just said, I, "One thing I have to win is New Hampshire." Mm-hmm. You think? I mean, first of all, that's like that's like uh, you know Ted Cruz saying, "I've got to win Oklahoma and Texas." Yes, Do I think Bernie Sanders going to win in January in New Hampshire. No, no. I don't. Uh, He won last time, as you know. But uh, you mentioned uh, in your unbelievably long run-up to this segment um, that he, Sanders, has proposed a $16 trillion Mm -hmm. uh, new green deal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I read it, and I went over it methodically on BillOReilly.com last Mm -hmm. night. Yeah. Um, 
This now transfers Bernie Sanders, the senator from Vermont, from a socialist to a communist. If you read it, and no one will, but I did, he's basically saying that if he's elected president, he's going to nationalize Mm -hmm. the American economy Mm -hmm. so that he will put oil out of business, uh, shale out of business, fracking out of business, coal out of business. He's going to put them out of business. All right. And then he's going to establish the federal government, the new energy industries. This is communism. That's what communist nations do, not socialist nations. OK, well, but it's, so it's now all... he, he's he's joined Bill de Blasio as a, a comrade. <laughs> Listen, Boris, Boris, don't talk like that. Listen, it, it's it, you can call it socialism. We all know that it's not democratic socialism, of course. Um, we uh, but this is what Venezuela did. That's exactly. Yeah. They they had... nas- when you start to nationalize private business. And when the federal government says, no, you can't do this business, and we'll set up another business, we'll, not you, we'll, under our regulatory capacity, um, that's communism. So, so, so that's Bill, where Bernie is. Right. Well, we, we know that. <laughs> we know no, that. But it's never been this blatant. Well, and did you hear a word about it on any of the newscasts? No. Not a word okay so here's what's really interesting the same thing with the new green deal the new green deal in it and i know you read that one as well and i did the 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 new green deal specifically says that it is going to change the economy free market economy is a thing of the past just in the new green deal now it doesn't spell it out like it does in uh with bernie Bernie. sanders but it is the same thing these are communists well, when you say that, people go, oh, ho, ho, you know, you're it's hyperbola, you're overstating. No. We're not. <laughs> I no. mean, it, it, this is, if you really understand the mentality of um, the far-left media, which drives all this stuff, because if the far-left media didn't approve of it, they would scorn it, and it wouldn't happen. So Bernie Sanders, if he thought he was going to get a backlash from the Democratic Party or even just liberals, not far left, just liberals. He wouldn't do this, but he knows he's got a free pass in America right now because they're so crazed about Donald Trump that anything, anybody, anything, all right, will take anything in place of Trump. So that's where we are. All right. So, Bill, is do you think this is why um, the younger voters uh, are very upset with the Democratic Party because they won't have one debate on climate change. Uh, and yet this is the center. They say it's our World War II. They say it's you know the most important thing known to man, but they won't have a debate. Is it because they don't believe in it or it will expose them as the communists that they are? Okay. Um, I come at this a little bit differently, Beck. I've been on a number of college campuses the last three weeks because my son uh, is a junior in high school, and we're looking around. Okay, so wait, 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 Um, wait, 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 wait. We're coming back to that because I know what it was like when I walked around Columbia University with my daughter. Uh, It wasn't exactly pleasant. I can't imagine Bill O'Reilly. Columbia's a whole different ballgame, but my, my... observations from being on a number of college campuses is that most college students that I have encountered could not care less about 
voting or what's happening. They don't pay attention. They hate Trump. Okay, because you have to. You know, it's almost like being in Hollywood. You want to get invited to the parties, and that's and Washington D.C. is the same way. If you want to get those invitations, all right, to show up at the party Friday and Saturday night with all your other fellow industry people in Hollywood, with all your politicos in Washington, you have to toe a line publicly, mm-hmm. or you don't get invited. Mm-hmm. Same thing on college campuses. If you want to be with the cool kids in the sororities or fraternities, you have to toe a line. But did they know anything? I had one 30-year-old ask me uh, the other day, and it was a social setting that I was just cruising through fast, um, what PC was. I swear to God, what's PC? Because I had mentioned something um, that I had written a book back uh, in the Stone Age called Old School Life in the Same Lane. Oh, what was that? I said, it's, it's a mocking of PC culture. What's PC? Okay, so my point is that all of this younger voter thing, number one, they're not going to turn out and predict the 2020 election. And number two, this is, again, driven by the media. Here's what the millennials think. Here's what Generation X think. They couldn't care less. They're pursuing um, whatever they want to do on a day-to-day basis. And so I'm not worried about that at all. What I am concerned about is that the American people cannot, and I mean that literally, get the truth about what's happening in this country anymore. No matter if you're 18 or 88, you cannot get the truth. It is just horrifying. Let's let's get, let's get your read on Patrick Byrne and, and what he's saying. All right. Set me up because I'm not that familiar with Patrick. Go ahead. Okay. Patrick is the guy from uh, Overstock.com. And he's a libertarian. Uh, He has a national security clearance. Don't ask me how. And he came out about four or five weeks ago. And uh, he said, listen, I just (laughs) there's a lot of stuff in the media here that's not true about all these investigations with the FBI. And I know because I found myself kind of in a Hitchcockian way in the middle of this and it took me until last summer when I started seeing things come out to realize, oh, my gosh, I was in the center. And he came out and he said he was dating that Russian that everybody is saying is a spy. She wasn't. Uh, the courts proved that she just didn't register as a foreign agent. Um, and uh, he had called the FBI three times. He had met her at a conference and she's like, listen, I'm Natasha. Why don't you meet the Boris? And he's like, okay. okay." So because he has a national security clearance, he called the FBI, said, hey, uh, she wants me to meet some friends of hers. I think she might be an agent. Is she an agent? Should I meet with her or not? And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We know all about her. We know she is. She's not an agent. Okay, so he goes with her and she starts to get romantic uh, and, you know, time goes on. And then she's like, listen, I really I really would like you to meet Boris over in Russia and gives names of people. So he calls back, calls the FBI and says, hey, I just want to give you some names. She wants me to meet these people. Are these people okay? Have you checked her out? Are you sure? Yes, yes, Patrick. All those people are fine. She's been checked out. We got it. Okay, third time. Now, this is like a year. Third time 
he calls because she says, oh, so Patrick, while we're laying in bed smoking cigarette, I want you to know I was uh, uh, having an appointment next weekend with Hillary Clinton's people and also uh, Marco Rubio, uh, and maybe you come. And, she, and he's like, okay, okay that's great. Uh, sure. He calls the FBI. I don't know if it's from the bathroom or what. And he's like, look, she's meeting with all of these people who are going to run for president. Do you want the name of the hotel or the time or anything like that? They say no. No, And and they're like, Patrick, it's not. She's cleared. Mm -hmm. Then Trump wins. And that's when they ask him to go back and rekindle a relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, He testifies or he testifies to them that she's not an agent, yada, yada. Last summer, he's watching and he realizes he recognizes the name Peter Strzok. He's like, that's who was giving me these orders. And he's Got saying it. this is a deep state conspiracy uh, with Peter Strzok. And he also said James Colmey is involved. Well, you know, I'm a big due process guy. I mean, I'm from an outsider's point of view. And by the way, that story is so funny that you could use it in your Christmas show in Salt Lake City. <laughs> well, I'm sure it overlapped Christmas somewhere. Yeah, well, someplace. Um, Look, yeah. we got the Christmas tree. It's a red right. Christmas tree, but we like it. Right, Boris? Deck the halls. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm a due process guy, and I, I when I commentate on anything, I don't convict and I don't um, exonerate. I say, okay, let's see the evidence. And if this guy's story is true, and it sounds like, why would he make this up? Because he has nothing to gain from it. Yes. Lots um, to lose. Right. And, you know, he's got the details. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to somebody fabricate that. So then you, you get into the zone of, and this is really fascinating. Does the Trump administration, including the president, really want to destroy the FBI? See, that's the question that's holding everything up here. So the chain goes Trump, Barr, Michael Horowitz, the inspector general of the Justice Department, who's got this report already written. It's all all set to go. Now uh, it's supposed to be out the first or second week in September, but that was supposed to be out at last March. Sure. Okay. Okay. So that's the chain. Trump already knows what's in the report. So does Barr. And the report is going to be what they call in the press damning to the FBI. How bad it is? I don't know. I mean, I can't possibly speculate well, on that. Patrick says that uh, Bill Barr is a uh, is a giant ship that is about to take this deep state submarine in the FBI and blow it out of the water. He All says right. that. Well, let's hope justice is done. Yes, but. In the process of doing all that, and remember, not only is Horowitz on the case, but Durham, the U.S. attorney from Connecticut, was appointed by Barr to specifically look at the FBI. And then Lindsey Graham, who I probably have more confidence in than any of the uh, swamp creatures in the Justice Department, his committee in the uh, Senate is looking at everything as well. I think Lindsey Graham is you know, a wild enough guy to just go out and just say anything. Um, so the American people Lindsey probably Graham get a is not good idea. Ex- Lindsey Graham is not exactly, you know, a gladiator against corruption no, he, and cronyism. He, believe me, he is going to blow this thing sky high. He's a, I saw him a couple of weeks ago at the Trump fundraiser that I was covering out here on Long Island. Lindsey Graham introduced Trump. I mean, they're joined at the hip. So if when was if, that a good thing? 
I, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying that Lindsey Graham isn't going to cover anything up. But there is a strain in Washington that says, look, do you really want to dismantle the Federal Bureau of Investigation? Because that's what this is going to do. Comey struck McCabe or all of these players that looks like violated the law. All right. They're going to fight back. They're going to produce all kinds of stuff in their defense. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's going to be a giant mess uh, of proportions that we haven't seen since Watergate. And this is the FBI. These are the people that protect us from terrorism. And you're going to rip this agency apart. That's what's backing everything up. So everybody knows that's happening. You indict Comey, McCabe, they're going to turn on each other and everybody else and say, look what happened here. Look what happened there. Look what this one did. Look what that one did. Look what this senator said. Look what this congressman did. Because they know it all. That's what protected J. Edgar Hoover for 50 years. I know, and but I, I feel like it's a good thing to rip this Band-Aid off. Uh, and if we are, we're not at this point, but if we can be logical enough to say it's not all of them, uh, we're uh, with Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com, where you can listen to his uh, commentary and his no-spin news. Uh, every night at BillOReilly.com. Also, his new book comes out at the end of September. It is his best, the United States, ac- um, according to Trump. Uh, Bill, let me uh, let me go to uh, Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw blasted by um, the Young Turks, which is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, this guy is, you know, I mean, you know, when you're when you're in a tank top in your mom's basement, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't care. It's a good look. Yeah, you didn't like that look. look? No, I mean, I, no. Uh-uh. Huh. So, All right. you know, he's on the Young Turks, <laughs> and uh, and he blasts Crenshaw, and he's just foul and everything else. Yeah, and uh, it shows where our culture <laughs> has gone. What are your thoughts on on all of this? Well, I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that the, the the overriding issue and story in America today is that. We can't get the truth. I mean, just it's so much fog and noise, and and I, I am getting to the point where, you know, you asked me about Patrick. I didn't really know that much about it because I didn't watch. I don't watch the cable news anymore. I don't learn anything from it. I yeah, should have picked I don't it either. up. No, I don't. I don't either. I should have picked it up because yeah. I usually do a review in the morning, and I did mm-hmm. this morning. Yeah, but I was concentrating on the on the Trump fatigue factor, which I think is going to emerge as a major story soon. Let's talk about that. Um, but not now. But, but, you know, look, Young Turks. Okay, so this is, remember SCTV Mellonville? Yes. Remember that? <laughs> yes. One of the most hysterical satires in the history of, of America. And a bunch of Canadians put it on, Flaherty and all mm-hmm. those madmen mm-hmm. up there. That's what this is. This is Mellonville. Well, actually, okay. I mean, if you look at Young Turks, uh, I mean, it had a $20 million capital infusement from, I think, Katzenberg was involved in that, but we should look. Yeah. Uh, and Soros, I'm sure, is, is putting money in there. And, hang on just a second, and it is one of the co-founders that started, what is that? Uh, Demo- Justice Democrats. Yeah, Justice Democrats, which is mm-hmm. responsible for the AOC mob. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that doesn't do damage. It does. And all of these things do damage. Center for American Progress is the real, real, now vile, vile 
Um, this, these are the people who tried to get Ross's name at the University of Michigan off the buildings mm-hmm. after he gave the college $400 million. And this is a Soros agency. So, yes, these people are out there. They're, it's subterfuge. You don't know who's financing them. For CNN to give them a platform or where the Young Turks or wherever they appear – Whoever's giving them platforms is grossly irresponsible. I mean, I did this for more than 20 years on Fox News. I never put on anyone that was irresponsible. We vetted everybody, okay? And, and yeah, I could have put loons on and then just yelled and mocked them like Morton Downey Jr. did. It's easy. But what we have now is we have the Tower of, De- of Babel, and we have just a, a throw anybody on. They're going to say anything. So if you lose your eye in Iraq, then they're going to mock that. That's what this guy did, all right, on Crenshaw. And, and Americans, they just walk around where you would have been stoned to death 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. You couldn't have done that. Now you can do anything. There are no standards of behavior. So I think, uh, that, I think that the average person is just so sick of it, it just goes by their radar. Um, but the media uh, talks about it, and Google and YouTube just dismiss it. I mean, what, they're, what they're fine. They're and, fine with is, making money off of these guys. What but. is incomprehensible is there isn't any growth in the cable news and hasn't been for three, four years. Mm-hmm. Without Donald Trump, that props it up. OK, so take Trump out of the mix. You have nothing. I mean, CNN doesn't have one program doing more than a million viewers for 24 hours cycle. So you take him out of the mix. Then who are they going to hate then? All right. And then they're going to have 500,000, 400,000. And so these corporations have got to, new, got to know they don't have any growth at all anywhere. Not, nothing. But yet they do the same thing every single day because they don't know what else to do. All right. And they're so untalented, so uncreative. They have to do the same thing, say the same thing, same people. It's unbelievable. And again, Trump drives 90 percent of cable news coverage, 75% of network news coverage is Trump. And when Trump leaves, whether it's 2020 or four year, more years, he's going to start Trump TV. He's already lining up investors to do that. Okay. Boy, if I were Fox News, where 95% of the viewers support Donald Trump, 95%, and you have Trump TV? <laughs> Oh, boy. So anyway, um, it, it is it is a madhouse. And I, I use that word literally. And if people are on there, they're going to hear and see so much irresponsible, deceitful stuff that I, my advice is just walk away, walk away, get out of it. And that doesn't mean they're all bad. They're not all bad. There are some good people, um, but they're getting fewer and fewer. Tell me about Trump fatigue. Uh, this is a real danger. Um, If you are an American who doesn't want the Democratic Party to obtain power, then, you know, you've got to vote for Donald Trump, whether you like him or not. Okay, that's where you start. So if if you're smart enough to know that the Democratic Party at this point is a party that is that is as far left as we've ever seen. Communists. They are literally backing communist ideas. More than that, economically, no due process. Yes. None. Mm-hmm. All right? You are not entitled to be innocent until proven guilty. You are guilty of whatever they want to accuse you of. No due process. Political correctness at the University of, of Michigan State University, the incoming kids are being told you cannot say no problem on this campus 
because if you say no problem, that indicates the person you're talking to may be a problem. So you're not allowed to say no problem. This is where this shut up. It is absolutely true. All right. So fifteen hundred incoming freshmen are being told they can't say no problem. And then, of course, they go, well, no problem. I won't say it. (laughs) That's that is crazy. I mean, who has so much time? I can give you a hundred more. That when you fill out your registration form to college, you don't have to say whether you're a man or a woman. You can be a dinosaur. You can be a turtle. My okay? my daughter you don't went have in to say. in Texas. My daughter, she's uh, 13. She just went for a uh, physical. She needed it for play school sports, so she goes for her physical, and she has to fill out this form for the doctor. And it said, you know, all the different genders or other. And when she came home and I said, you didn't mark that you were a big, beautiful butterfly. She said, no. And I said, next next time you get the opportunity, you mark it big, beautiful butterfly. And you insist that everyone calls you that. Well, they don't even know the universities, how many men or women they have. I know. I know. know. I have no idea. What's the gender breakdown? Oh, oh, we got this. You know, so getting back to why I'm ranting about this. If you think that Trump is not what you want in a president, what is your alternative? This? This? Totalitarianism? Um, So Trump should understand that he can win by default, but every blanken day, it's Denmark or it's uh, Anthony Scaramucci. Anthony Scaramucci? Come on. Why you you have now elevated this guy into you know someone who probably will sign with CNN, which is what he wanted to begin with. Right. So you not see what this is, but if you read United States of Trump as Beck has done, he won't admit it, but he's done it. Now, I have the table of contents, incredible. I explain exactly <laughs> why Donald Trump is compelled to do this every day, all right? He has to do it. It's almost like crack, all right, because he gets bored. And then he's got to, I'm so bored now. Let's attack Anthony Scaramucci. Mm. Oh, come on. A a lot of Americans are going to go, enough, enough. I just need a day off from Denmark. Give me a day off. And and Trump has got to know that Trump fatigue is going to hurt him Unless he wises up. Who's around him that's going to tell him that? Nobody. There's nobody around him. And even when I speak to him, and I absolutely tell him this stuff, all right, he, he registers it, and then 15 minutes later, he, it's gone. It's <laughs> gone. So, um, look, he's an imperfect man, an imperfect leader, an imperfect president. There's no question. But when you go to the polls, all right, I mean, the other side is is just staggering. Yeah, it's not crazy. It's dangerous. It is really, truly dangerous. Absolutely. You know, the the New York or the uh, Washington Post said, they said that I was the biggest flip-flopper on uh, Trump. I was the third biggest flip-flopper on Trump. Um, And uh, and I said, you know, on the radio the next day, I I, I haven't flip-flopped. I've corrected where I made a mistake. 
and I still will tell you that it's it's dangerous and and he has some things that I don't like and I really don't like and things that I'm concerned about but I will tell you this it's not pro trump to say if these guys get in it's it is a different world entirely any if- traditional american like you and me any traditional american would watch their country vaporize if these people got in and the other thing i say about trump and i don't look at my analysis in the United States of Trump is not based on politics at all. At all. There's no liberal or conservative stuff in there. None. None. Is that the, he governs, and you'd never know it by his demeanor, but he is governing in a traditional way. All right? He's, his presidency isn't out of the box. I mean, what he's trying to do with the economy and foreign policy is what other presidents have tried to do in different ways. It's not like he's breaking any Oval Office rules. He isn't. He governs the same way. He, and two uh, other presidents um, were as transactional because he, Trump, and I don't want to get too boring on this. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this more depth when a book comes out September 24th. But Trump is a transactional guy, which means mm-hmm. everything he does, everything, including his romantic life or whatever, is a transaction. Okay? And there were two other modern-day presidents exactly like that. Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Dwight Eisenhower. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were transactional men. They had no emotion. Neither of those guys had any emotion whatsoever, FDR or Eisenhower. Okay? It was like, okay, this is what I want or this is what I think is best for the country. And we're going to get it and we're going to do it. And we're going to do it no matter what. And that's what Trump does. He said, we're getting screwed by Western Europe and our trade, so I'm going to say that, and I don't care if I tee him off. So he's, he's not doing anything that hasn't been done in the past. And you wouldn't know that because the press is painting him as this hysterical guy running around, breaking all the furniture in the White House. It's in, not what's happening. In fact, I would go further. In, in some ways, he's more traditional than we've had in in a very, very long time. The, pre, the role of the president is not to propose new stuff. It is to to take what Congress did and then sign it or disapprove. Uh, and that's what he did on health care. He was like, Congress, you want to change it, change it, bring it to my desk. Yeah, that's much more the traditional. Way. Pardon immigration me? is the same way. He right. wants a deal. He right. wants new immigration law. Right. But, but he's... at the same time, he's telling his people, because this is a big issue for him and his voters, um, I'm going to enforce federal law. Yeah. I'm going to enforce it. All right. right. Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.